I'm Dave Baker. And I'm Andrew Price. Welcome to Deep Cuts, the podcast where we pick a topic and walk you through the ins, the outs, and the nitty-gritty, so you can appear like an interesting and idiosyncratic person at your next forced social function. (laughs) Welcome to Deep Cuts, the podcast where we pick a topic and walk you through the ins, the outs, and the nitty-gritty, so you can appear like an interesting and idiosyncratic person at your next forced social function. Today's topic is... Hyung Jin Sean Moon and the Church of Guns. Who is Sean Moon? Well, he's the son of a dangerous cultist from the 1980s who spun off into his own version of a hyper-conservative religious organization that worships guns. Act one, a crown of cardboard and bullets. Or how long do you think we'll get into this before one of us says kayfabe? Young Jin Sean Moon, born in 1979, is a Christian. He's a member of and leader to the Pennsylvanian-based World Peace and Unification Sanctuary Church. Born on September 26th in Terrytown, New York, he's the youngest of six sons to Reverend Sun Myung Moon, who you probably know as the leader of the 1980s cult, the Moonies. He attended Hackley School before going to college, where he earned a liberal arts degree and a master's in theology from Harvard Extension University. In 2008, Sun Myung Moon, then 88 years old, appointed Sean Moon to be the international president of the Family Federation of World Peace and Unification. He would eventually name him as his successor three times, if you believe Sean's reports. When you have armed citizenry and they try to do evil, they get shot quickly. They get punished fast. My name is Hyungjin Sean Moon known as also Pastor Sean, or known as also Second King. My father is the Reverend Sun Myung Moon, who believes the Lord of the Second Advent, and he has created a kingship line, of which I am his appointed heir and successor. The Bible is very clear in showing that Christ requires us to be judges over the nation, judges of the wicked, to rule with the rod of iron. I convey the message from the second king about the Lord of Iron, but their reaction is, you're so wicked and you're in a cult. Are you trying to appeal to all the pro-gun people of America? I'm not telling you how to do your job, but it seems like a massive opportunity for your church. To be a king, you're going to have territory, and you better have a means to keep that territory. Pastor Sean and God working through him, he's taking the providence of God forward. In the scripture, it says, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now that on earth is literal, okay? He is no longer talking about, let's just wait till we die and the kingdom comes. He's like, oh, we're gonna build this here and now. Let us Psalm 2 and also Revelation 2 says that the believers will rule with the rod of iron. My favorite ritual that the Moonies did was um, when they all did the truffle shuffle. My favorite tradition that the Moonies did was when they enlisted Paul Mooney and Keith Moon to play a special musical stand-up set at MooneyCon 1981. That was my favorite. Yeah, their their Bible was Goodnight Moon. Mm-hmm. Their favorite combo character was Moon Knight. Um, they only ate moon pies. 
Um, they had a weird fixation with werewolves because they thought werewolves were stealing their shine when it came to things that's associated with the moon. Um, they built their churches out of moon sand. So if it ever rained, they would just fall apart. For a long time, uh, their leader forced all of them to wear moon shoes. I mean, I would join that cult. So what we just watched was uh, the intro to a Vice mini documentary that was produced on Sean Moon. And what we just watched was some terrifying shit. Yeah. Uh, I think we should just talk about that really briefly before we move into this. So uh, to, to, to recap this, you know, the there was a cult in the 80s is commonly referred to as the Moonies, um, but their actual title is like... Um, the World Peace and Unification Church. Uh, this is a subset of that church. It's a spinoff of that church. Basically, at a s- they were primarily like a you know like a like a, a radical extremist religious Christian religious um, organization that that centered around this like arranged marriage thing, where like every, every all the young people in this religious organization or cult would be. Uh, selected and paired up to be married and they would like have these mass marriages where there'd be thousands of people getting married at once. And they were also hyper-conservative, anti-communist, pro-Reagan and uh, hard right. Um, And the leader of the cult had six sons, I believe with six different women. And uh, Sean Moon is the youngest of those six sons. After uh, Sun Myung Moon passed away, his wife, he, he basically anointed Sean Moon as the leader of the church and the, his wife at the time and Sean kind of like co-ruled the church for a minute. And then they had a big falling out and Sean Moon started this other religion called the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary Church. It's very different. There's one word in there that's different. Can you imagine being those other kids like in in um, in legitimate monarchies? And I use legitimate as that term loosely because monarchies are fucking fake bullshit. But in in legitimate monarchies, you know, there there's one person who is selected as the successor to the throne, the king or the queen. And but the other if there's other siblings in a royal family, like they become dukes and duchesses and, you know, lords and all these other, uh, you know, royal royal titles. And they're like part part of the kayfabe of royalty. So, you know, they still they're not king, but they still get to be like this powerful royal figure. But can you be can you imagine being those other uh, siblings in this where like if you believe this to be true, the the you know what the Moonies were, if you believe that he was this like prophet of God, and the one son was selected as his successor, like the other one of the other brothers will learn later on. He's like he just owns like a gun company. Yeah, just a, it's like a gun store. It's not even a, yeah, it's like a gun store and then a gun manufacturing company. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine being that guy. Is like oh yeah, like I. I guess my brother is just like a saint and I just, I guess I got to go like just be a normal dude, I guess. Yeah, that's skipping ahead a little bit, but it's fascinating, which we're we're going to talk about him. Um, but so so they have this rift and then Sean Moon starts this subdivision, this spinoff cult where he takes a bunch of the older cult members, puts them in arranged marriages and says, all right, the new doctrine, I've had a realization, I've had a vision. 
there's a line in the Bible that says that they will the the kingdom of heaven will be brought to earth, whatever, by the by a raw a rod of iron. And the modern version of that is a gun. So that means we need to start arming ourselves and really dig in on this Second Amendment gun thing because it's our religious duty. And so the whole cult, not overnight, obviously, but very rapidly pivots from just being a Judeo-Christian, you know, cult run by this son of a crazy Korean dude into, oh no, we're now like, we're going to have these mass blessings of AR-15s. We're going to um, have these massive gatherings of people holding rifles, wearing crowns made of bullets. It sounds like something from a Mad Max movie. First of all, remember that episode of Buffy whenever Willow accidentally summons that demon who, according to the prophecy, cannot be killed by any weapon of man and at the end they just realized that when that prophecy was written guns didn't exist so then they kill him with a machine gun (laughs) but yes that that's exactly i didn't think mad max i specifically thought well my exact thought that i had in learning just watching these people watching these ceremonies is like this i I sort of had a two-pronged thought or like I had a thought that evolved into another one. My first reaction was exactly that, which is like, this is something out of fallout. This this is like this little like weird, like church of the gun is something that would be in a, in a, in a, in a campaign in fallout where you meet this church and you have to go on some kind of mission to like destroy, kill the leader of it or whatever. And then I, I sort of had like a second more, terrifying more kind of bleak thought where i was like no this isn't like fallout this is like the real world now <laughs> yeah just yeah i don't have anything to add to that it is just a mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah like that, that's constantly you know you hear that's things stuff that people say all the time they always are like this it feels like we're in RoboCop or like we've said that on the show before. Before we did the, the Verhoeven's Toupee episode, we I feel like we've mentioned that idea multiple times of like you're like you're watching the news. Like I used to walk by this TV that was in the lobby of a building of a company that we worked at and they had they always had the news on. And I, I sort of started to have this thought of like every time I walk through this lobby, whatever's on the TV seems like it would be on the background in a scene in RoboCop. And people will have that kind of thought a lot. But at this point, it's like at a certain point, it's like you're no longer experiencing something that's surreal and seems like it's from a weird post-apocalyptic or dystopian movie. You're just this is just what the world is. We we are in that. Got it. Good. Now get inside. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fucked up because we live in a quiet dystopia. It's not like movies told us what it would be where it'd be nuclear fallout and uh, you know, people roving the streets looking for uh, someone to rape and maim and kill for gas. We live in an even darker dystopia where it is it is a it's a a picturesque cookie cutter suburban existence where there is no room for dissent or resistance because all of your everyday moments are being live streamed to everyone else in the world against your will passively on your telephone it's gonna be a whole it's gonna be a whole fucking episode of of the q and series about exactly what you're talking about a whole episode like it's it's so bleak 
because everyone has accepted it. Because the the prison bars that we're all defined by now are shaped like logos instead of wrought iron. They're Amazon, Disney, Apple, uh, you know, Nike. I feel pretty validated because in the um in the uh act of killing episode, I talked about how we're living in a simultaneous utopia and dystopia. And um in that in that uh that documentary The Social Dilemma on Netflix, um, which I have my issues with, but uh they say the exact same thing. And I was like, I said it first, motherfucker. Papa Pricey dropping them knowledge bombs. <laughs> Yeah, but just to just to kind of talk about the cult a little bit more before we move on, like, so, you know, it's it's this very strange disparity between a lot of old people who don't look like they go together, just like couples where you're like, really, those those two? All right. And then you realize like, oh, that's because they're in a fucking arranged marriage. Oh, gotcha. And then really young kids because the cult isn't very old. So there's been all these kids that have been born into it and that they're trying to you know increase the population for it. And its core tenant basically is that the the way that we resist against a far left um, a, a far left socialist communist takeover, which is his perspective, Sean Moon, is that we all arm ourselves. So it's in some ways it's like doomsday prepper iconography mixed with eighties death cult. So you like have like his uniform basically is he wears a crown. That is made from bullets with a camouflage suit, like a full breasted suit, but it's made of camouflage. But if you look closer, it's not just camouflage, it's camouflage silhouettes of AR-15s. It's like so cartoon. It's a fucking cartoon. Yeah, he's they're literally wearing crowns made of bullets. And not only not only is that cartoonish, but you have just these old boomers wearing these things because there's a bunch of a bunch of these people in the in the in this church are just like elderly people and uh, just people who live like old people living in Pennsylvania that are like veterans or just extremely nationalistic people. And there's just these old ladies just wearing a crown of bullets. It's like you this this is surreal. This is fucking crazy. Uh, but y- y- yeah, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, as you were kind of saying with what the tenets of the, of the religion, religion are and what you were talking about, how, so basically he splits off from the main, this huge church that was very large in the eighties and he, he, he secedes from it or whatever and starts his own, uh, offshoot of it. And he has this vision, quote unquote, that the, 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 the rod of iron should be interpreted now as a, as an AR 15. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because if that reminds me a lot of a lot, you know, one of the more recent religions that, uh, you know, its inception was recent enough that we actually have like record of it. Like a lot, a lot of like, you know, Christianity and a lot of these ancient religions, we really don't know the true origins of how they began. Uh, or if we do, but they're just vague and kind of reinterpreted and reinterpreted and lost in translation and stuff. But uh, Mormonism, it was such a recent religion that we actually have like really specific record of how the whole thing formed. And it reminded me a lot of learning about how the early days of the of the religion's formation with Joseph, Joseph Smith were, where basically the, the, the concept of the religion or the, con- the, the dynamic of his leadership as the head of the Mormon 
church or whatever wasn't really a church at the time, but the head of this Mormon community was that he, he could speak directly with God. And so he would have consultations with God where God would hand down new rules and visions and things like that. And it was basically an excuse to just change and add rules on a whim where he'd just be like, yeah, I, I just fucking got out of that meeting with God and like, don't shoot the messenger, but we got to do this now. Like, I think it's weird too. You, I know it's weird. I know it's weird, but you got to let me fuck all your daughters. Yeah, literally. I know. Yeah, literally. Um, and but and it was and it was weird, arbitrary shit. Like the reason why Mormons like aren't supposed to drink coffee or smoke is because when they would have meetings in Joseph Smith's house, his wife got sick of like doing dishes and cleaning up the mess from like drinking coffee and ashtrays and things like that. And she was literally, it was literally just like, she was nagging him about it and just being like, I'm sick of doing this. And so he was like, Hey guys, uh, so I was just talking to God and like, once again, I'm not on, this is weird to me. And like, I'm not happy about it either, but, uh, I guess we're not allowed to drink coffee or smoke anymore. So, uh, yeah, sorry. God said it. And so it reminds me of that. And it's funny because watching, uh, watching him do his like sermons, um, the second king or, or Sean, Sean Moon, uh, they're not really like his sermons or his, the church isn't really religious. It's, it's more like he's like a very low grade political influencer. Like the sermons are just, yeah, he's like, he's kind of like if you took like Andrew Yang and like, uh, a couple other like far right people and like shoved them together and like you get this kind of like weird like you know how Andrew Yang has that kind of like weird stilted way of speaking where he kind of like yeah yeah it is very it is very similar yeah you can tell that he's kind of like forming the sentence and his brain is moving faster than his mouth and he kind of is stumbling to get the words out like Sean it's also like deliver it's like like the style of it is like it's 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 like another type of charisma that's like different from like the main idea of charisma that we see with like these really charismatic politicians and the way that they give speeches. It's almost like things are delivered in this very matter of fact way where it's like when you say something, it's like, of course, this is true. Like that's sort of that's that that's like the it's like it's like perma gaslighting. Like he just like constantly says stuff that's wildly completely false and just like out of this world but he says it with such conviction and kind of like commitment that it's hard to push back against where he's just like well you know the the leftists are trying to take over the government and promote a marxist state statism that will enslave us and rape us all yeah i mean that's that's a very specific um uh, tactic used in in discourse where you um you establish uh, you you state something that is a claim or very outlandish or you haven't qualified or presented as a possibility and you establish it immediately as just a, a, a fact in a very nonchalant way. And, and and then you've canonized it in this conversation where it's like, I'm not presenting this as a possibility or an argument. I'm just casually establishing this as a baseline fact and just presenting it as if it's just acknowledged by everybody that this is true. And then I'm just going to move beyond that. So then you kind of, you either get stuck sort of, that's the baseline that you're coming from, from a, uh, you're starting from with a discussion, 
and you have and you're like you become you get lost in this cycle where you have to work back from there. So you can't even assert or present your own arguments. You're just spending the whole time trying to dismantle these things that they've just presented as fact. So you you just get stuck like over here trying to be like, well, no, that's not true. Like, and then they're over here just continuing on pushing on, and then you never actually get to like rebut with your own points. Um, but but it, it it struck me as really interesting and strange, not strange, but it just it just struck me as really surreal because it seemed like these vision this vision that he had that the the rod iron should be interpreted as a gun was really like in a very Joseph Smith Mormony way. It was his way of like, I kind of don't really want to be the leader of a religion. I kind of just want to be like a like a Ben Shapiro political talking head guy. So how I so he had this idea where he wanted he 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 had this idea of this vision so he could pivot his religion into being a platform for him to just be a political pundit guy. Which is a perfect transition. Like, I, yes, I completely agree with that. I think it's pretty apparent that that's what he wants to do. And I think we should watch this interview that he did on OAN in 2018. Also, we do not condone OAN. They're fucking assholes and propagandists and, and despicable cesspools of wasted water and flesh. They suck. And also just the, the, the actual original definition of fake news. Fake news has been weaponized as just this insult to throw it at people when you like you just want to disparage what they're saying but like fake news is like a shitty news organization that does not actually do due diligence and masks opinion as news so the house will vote next week on the school safety measure which does not include any new anti-gun legislation like a so-called assault weapons ban Good for Ryan and company for not buckling to this knee-jerk pressure to limit the Second Amendment. However, bad for Ryan and company proffering this phony safety bill. How about some real money? $500 per school? Ain't going to do it. And how about bringing up the conceal carry reciprocity bill in the Senate? How about celebrating the Second Amendment? Now, in Pennsylvania, a church is celebrating the Second Amendment in order to essentially protect the First Amendment. This ministry, also known as the Moonies, is blessing firearms, specifically AR-15s. Joining me now from Newfoundland, Pennsylvania, pastor of the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary and founder of Rod of Iron Ministries, the Reverend Sean Moon. Uh, Reverend, just to set the record straight, you are the son of the late Reverend Sun Young Moon, correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. I'm his... Uh, he appointed me his successor uh, three times on three occasions. You know, there's millions of Americans watching this right now, and they're saying, why, why is he having the Moonies on? Well, I'll tell you why we're having the Moonies on. I don't mean to be disrespectful at all whatsoever, and I'm not going to go down that path. We're, sure. we're having you on, Reverend, because of an event that you had just last week. It's a fascinating event, and I boil it down to this. You essentially were celebrating the Second Amendment, um, by uh, exercising your, your First Amendment rights, or, or maybe even vice versa. Tell me about the event. Yeah, I mean, the, the media, the left me, leftist media uh, covered the event as some kind of, uh, we're blessing AR-15s or we're a gun call, things of like this. Uh, it could be nothing farther from the truth. I mean, we're celebrating marriage, we're celebrating sovereignty. The Bible says in Revelation 3, let no man take thy crown. I mean, we're celebrating, you know, in Romans 8, 17, talking about co-heirs with Christ. And being, you know, God's children, uh, that, that makes us co-heirs and heirs uh, of, God, of God, heirs of Christ, to quote Paul in Romans 8. 
Um, and so we were, we were just celebrating family, marriage, husband and wife marriage. We were celebrating uh, the accoutrements that God has given us uh, to protect our family. That is uh, the rod of iron. Uh, and, and, and so it, it was it was it was an event. I think that was blown way out of proportion by the leftist media mm-hmm. uh, trying to smear anything that was positive towards uh, um uh, good people being able to arm themselves for self-defense. Well, the fact of the matter is the, the framers of our Constitution considered the Second Amendment, that is, the right to protect yourself with a firearm, a God-given right, along with the right to, to practice whatever religion, religion uh, you choose. So this is the foundation that you're uh, building upon. But uh, who was in attendance, and, and did they bring their firearms for a blessing? Uh, yeah, we had about 600 folks um, from all over the world that came. And we had maybe, you know, uh, probably anywhere from, you know, 50 to 100 ARs in the building at any time. Um, all of the rifles were checked by our security. Um, the leftist media, you know, also had, you know, they, they had pictures of that. They covered that. Uh, all the, the firearms were checked and they were, you know, um, made innocuous for the ceremony. Uh, people were welcome, as they are every week, to bring their CCWs. We encouraged that at church. Um, that good law-abiding citizens exercise their constitutional right, bring their you know CCW and their uh, to church, and and we absolutely uh, uh, you know feel much safer. We're probably the safest, most we're the, we're one of the most multi you know racial churches, and we feel absolutely safe because everybody is a law-abiding you know uh, gun owner. And imagine that essentially what you're doing is you're turning what other churches are doing on its ear, and that is obliterating a gun-free zone accepting who we are as Americans, accepting our constitutional rights, accepting our First Amendment rights right along with our Second Amendment rights. And the byproduct is you probably have the safest church on the planet. <laughs> with all those rifles that day, I think we were pretty safe. Um, I don't think anybody in there, uh, any lunatic in their right mind would, would choose that. That's clearly, we're clearly not a gun-free zone. <laughs> but, but, you know, but, blessing, uh, blessing firearms is not unheard of. And I know that the mainstream media painted you as crazies, um, but it's not unheard of. We saw this in World War II, for example. Priests would, would not only bless the troops, but they blessed the equipment. So this is not unheard of. You're, you're not blazing a trail here. You're, you're following tradition. And it's also not not uh, diverting from the scripture because Jesus in Luke 22 said very clearly, uh, let the, his disciples sell their cloak and buy a sword. He even said buy two. Um, and also it, Christ gets to define his own kingdom uh, when he comes. Um, and he defines it with the rod of iron that the good folks uh, who will be co-heirs with him will rule with him with a rod of iron. And that that shows statistically if good people are armed, criminality cannot thrive and succeed. Why did you feel a need to do this now, the timing of it? Was it post-Parkland? Was this planned before what happened in Parkland? Did you see a, just a, a, an amalgamation of anti-Second Amendment activity coupled with possibly anti-God activity? Why now? No, this event was actually planned uh, six months before. So, I mean, it had nothing to do with any of the events that uh, tragically happened um, in Florida. Um, of course, most Americans believe that it was a, a failure of government, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, instead of a failure of gun, you know, gun owners. I don't know how gun owners can be blamed for the, <laughs> such a horrific uh, act. I mean, the, the, you know, so many levels of government failed from the deputy sheriffs not going in for four minutes to, you know, the FBI getting the actual uh, calls, 39 different uh, visits to this uh, perpetrator. I mean, so, so many different levels. But for us, it was, it was planned many, many months in advance. And so... 
Uh, it was just a, a ceremony where we're celebrating uh, the gifts that God has given us. Yeah, so this was not a knee-jerk reaction. And you're, no, a, no, no, no. you're an American of Korean descent. And imagine if, if those poor people in North Korea had this thing called a Second Amendment. We know they don't have the First Amendment either, and it's a horrible, oh. horrible, wretched situation. But imagine if they had the Second Amendment to fight back against that regime. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we were in Korea, uh, in South Korea, working in, in the early 2000s, and we were trying to talk with the Korean uh, Defense Department and the Korean military to switch their system over to a, a Switzerland-type system or Israeli-type system because of China and North Korea and the direct threat that is involved there to, to allow the, the, the males who go to the military mandatorily, uh, to, when they come back to their home, allow them to bring their rifles back home yeah. so that that whole population could immediately be ready to stand off against uh, some despots wanting to come in and destroy the South Koreans. Yeah, that's what they need. They, the North Koreans need the, both the Second and the First Amendment, and maybe one day, oh, maybe absolutely. in our lifetime, who knows. Reverend Moon, um, God bless you. You know how um, a conversation is when somebody either asks a question or makes a statement, presents some kind of opinion, and then another person responds to it and answers the question um, or reacts to the statement or opinion and either agrees with it or disagrees with it or presents like alternative, uh, an alternative perspective. And then the other person listens to that and then responds again, either providing counter information or um, agreeing or asking another question. The, the, these conversations, these interviews that happen frequently, like they're not conversations. They're, they are two people that are just somebody says something or asks a question. And then the other person starts off with the first like beginning of their sentence, like they're going to respond to it. And then they just go off and say some other random rant that has nothing to do with what the question that was asked. And that's usually a lot of times what will happen in, in, in interviews with like these, these people, um, that are like presenting very bad faith, uh, perspectives where they're just kind of like, they're not, they're not, they don't really are, they're not really prepared to, to respond in, in kind and in good faith. They just want to like circumnavigate what's being asked of them and then go off on these side rants and just blame somebody else or try to obfuscate the point. But because of the news organization that this is on, they're both doing that. So it's just one guy saying something and then the other person just saying some different thing that's almost kind of like vaguely related to what was asked. And then the person, the, the news anchor responds, but he doesn't actually react to what the person said. He just wants to make his own point, too. So they're not listening to each other. They're just like going off on their own rants. They're just speaking. Yeah, they're just speaking in 30 second intervals at each other. Yeah. And they're just pinging back and forth. And like there's not a comp. There's like. That was seven minutes of nothing. There was no conversation that was had there. It's like almost impressive. The funny, the funny thing about this too is that like his normal getup of the bullet crown, the camouflage suit, or even like when they're out in the field just doing stuff, and he he wears more like fatigues and and paramilitary looking gear, or even like uh, cargo shorts and cargo pants and stuff. That interview, he's wearing a very conservative brown suit with a brown shirt underneath it. He just looks like a normal guy, which is like obviously such a calculated move, right? Like he's purposely like, okay, going to dial down the crazy to make the left seem stupid, which is like, bro, you wear a bullet crown. 
Yeah, and a lot of a lot of that is going on in that interview because like they <laughs> the guy says the guy says uh, a, lo- a lot of people were wondering why we would I'd invite the Moonies on here. And he says it in kind of a way where I think everybody kind of largely thinks that the Moonies was a cult. Like that's not like a thing where like Republicans thought it was great and like leftists thought it was a cult. Like that was just a cult. That was like a, a like the 80s was there was a huge cult craze in the 80s. Like, I mean, there was a there was a huge cult craze in the in the 70s. And then there was almost like a weird like. They, they were less they were less of like the doomsday cults of the 70s and they were more kind of like these weird like mlm type cults that they were also very dangerous but they just felt less like cult like doomsday e than the 70s cults so everybody pretty much has canonized like oh yeah during the 80s there was just one of these cults that was the moonies so he says it in this way that is like almost like a lot of people are wondering why we would have some crazy cult on the show but the reason why we're having you on is because of this event that you did. So they bring in this like character witness where they're almost kind of like acknowledging that it is a cult and they and like almost trying to like insulate themselves from it of like, we don't believe in this cult stuff. However, this one particular cult has done a thing that supports what we're saying. So we're going to have him talk. So it's like you th- you know that this guy is from this weird, insane cult, but because they just happen to be like, Guns are great. You're just going to like come on, bring them on here, give them a platform and like just let this person from this like this radical cult talk about his shit just because like that would be like if that would just be like if I, you know, we just had a Nazi on here because they just were a huge fan of Andrew WK. And we're just like, hey, uh, we, we you love Andrew WK. So do we. Uh, so come on the show and just talk about Nazis and like be and being a white supremacist. Like it's like it, it's like so it's like such bad faith. Yeah, and also like the way it's it's just fascinating to see the way he goes about trying to communicate his ideas and the way like like you said they're not talking to each other. One guy is trying to ask questions in a way that set, sets up a preconceived opinion, and then the other guy is there to give his stump speeches. He's there to say. Uh, well, Jesus loves the fucking people. That's why we need guns. A rod of iron, iron of rod. Okay, cool. Moving on. Um, we love marriage, which is why we were mass arrange marriaging people and giving them AR-15s and then blessing the guns as a symbol of them being wedded. Okay, moving on to the next point. He, you know what I mean? Like he's there, he's there to do a specific thing and to deliver a rehearsed dialogue. But the weird part about it, there are some people like that's the gift of people like Bill Clinton. When he he's so performative, he's such a slick performer that even when he's saying something for the hundredth time, he's out there and he's saying, we need health care reform. Like it's the first time he's ever said it. Right. Sean Moon. He fucking sucks, bro. Oh yeah, he's terrible. He's not he's not charismatic at all. He's not charismatic. He can't say the he can't say the lines. He's like, how many times has he said fucking Luke 23:7, God so loved the earth, he gave his only forgotten scarma Like he you can tell that he's not finding new inflections and interests in that performance because he's just there to hit those beats and it's hilarious. Yeah, even whenever he's like in his comfort zone of doing his sermons at his church, like he's slightly more in command of what he's saying, but like still not. 
You know what he is? When he's in command, like when he's in his own environment, he's like a third rate rap battle MC. You know what I mean? Like he's like complete with the just very unfunny attempt at humor. Like there's there's this one part. There's this one uh, video of him like doing one of his sermons at his church. And he's just like he's like, you know, they say that we're white supremacists because you know they, they're talking about how the, you know everyone who wants guns is white supremacist but you know look at me i look my look at look at the complexion of my skin and he like it's like that was supposed to be the punchline but nobody laughs because number one it's not funny and number two even if it was funny it's just delivered very poorly and number three it just didn't feel like a punchline like that's not what a punchline of a joke is and so he kind of like it, like in a he like does like a smile to be like that was the end of the joke. Now laugh. And then everyone kind of politely laughs. It's very, it's very, uh, Jeb Bush and now clap, please. Please clap. Uh, please clap. Yeah. It's so weird. It's so, so weird how he just has no internal kind of passion. I mean, he's obviously very driven and maniacal about this, but it's, it comes out in this kind of like bland, like high school chemistry teacher way. Yeah, it just, it just it's 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 kind of disturbing to me because you know like the like the 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 Dark Knight Returns sort of vision of like what our future like um, you know misinformation media led uh, you know dystopia will be, where it's just all these talking heads, just like these these charismatic um, fucking like shadow pundits that are just driving these misinformation campaigns and they're just like barking at you through the TV screen. And that's just our, our world is just going to be like looking at screens all around us and having these people just barking their like radical uh, fucking uh, rhetoric at us. But like what it really is, is just these like fucking like uncharismatic shitty, like bad public speakers just rambling and that's that's what we see all day. We just we just uh, we just scroll through our feeds and it's just people just like half articulating a completely like just nonsensical point where it's not they don't really have like a point really. There's no there's no like rhetoric that they're even trying to convey. They're just it's just buzzwords. It's like there's no underlying meaning. It's just like getting out buzzwords that like that like ping like emotional areas of our brain so it's somebody just being like then the 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 leftist media and the the mainstream media and you know the woke and uh cancel culture like it's just people naming off buzzwords crypto marxist socialist bernie bro terrorist left-wing idiots masks yeah the, 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 like it, that's almost like almost more terrifying to me than that you know the what what fucking frank miller thought was going to happen because like it it really is like there was that there was that like episode of family guy from years ago where lois runs for mayor and they don't like her because she's liberal and a woman and she's like making like salient points and then she just gets up on stage and goes like 9-11 america and everyone like cheers for her and like that's that's not even a joke anymore. That's just literally how things work. I'm, it's it's fascinating to me too because like the people that are inside of this organization, like they're not true believers. You know, they're not like radical ex-military dudes who have like bunkers filled with Mac tens. They're people who believed 
in a specific sect of Christianity 40 years ago who have now been converted out of ease. You know, they were like, well, I guess, sure. I guess I could think guns are the path to self. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. It's easier than admitting that this was bullshit and going home. Yeah, it's the. I mean, it's, you're literally describing a cult, but yeah, like the the path of least resistance of just continuing on with a with an ideology and a thing that you've sort of just accepted and and like gone this far and doubled down this far into. And it's like, do I that like the there was one woman who was talking about how she was in this church for 37 years, like she was in the Moonies and then she like transitioned over into this offshoot. And it's like, do I, do I either just say like the last 37 years of my life have at best like hit a dead end or at worst been a waste of time or do I put on the gun crown? And she opted for the gun crown. Um, let's listen to this little, this quick clip of uh, somebody talking about what it's like to be in the cult. We're part of the church. And so I grew up kind of like in the faith, but my family has always been into like the second amendment and hunting. So that's been a part of my life this whole time. We're going to have to stop. The actual how does faith element play into this activity? Being able to take your own life so, as seriously as God takes your life is, I think, loving God and showing God, yes, I appreciate this life, this gift that you've given me and the lives of those around me. And I want to take your work seriously, so I'm not going to just be stopped by some crazy dude who is trying to hurt me. I consider this an honor to be able to train in this way. This is the Peace Kingdom Police, Peace Kingdom Corps. And our motto is love God, love your neighbor. As a Christian community- So uh, that is just, there's so much to unpack there. I feel like um, the quickest way to summarize that is the level of humor and bizarreness of that is when the reporter says, oh, we're gonna have to stop. And then you hear, the AR-15 going off and the guy firing. Later on in this Vice documentary that we're going to show a couple clips from, that same person was doing tire running drills, you know, where you have a bunch of giant tires out and you run through them and it is a workout thing that you do. And then you do a, a, you know, skeet shooting range or something where you have, you know, targets or moving targets or whatever. And you pull out your, your Glock 9mm or whatever and you fire at them and then you put it away, right? It's like a speed shooting course. And they film that guy running through the course in slow motion, like 120 frames per second. And as he's running through those tires, he's wearing shoes that don't have laces because he's a fucking dork. So his shoe soles get caught on the lips of the tires and he loses both shoes he trips and almost falls and he loses both shoes while doing the tire te- uh, running section and then sprints across grass in just his socks whips out his pistol and fires into a dummy without shoes and that is the level of bizarre dissonant frequencies that these people live with well it's bizarre but it's also like with a lot of these things it's like they're tr- they're like mimicking their idea of what it's like to be like a badass just from seeing movies. Like these are these things are all informed by movies. They're not real. They're they're not like they're not actual frames of reference. 
they're like you just remember like just badass shit in movies and then you like try to emulate it. that's like it's what all these things are like it's what QAnon is like QAnon literally references scenes from fucking like spy thrillers like like Tom Clancy bullshit all the time and like the way that they talk is they're just mimicking movies and like literally one of the guys who was like very likely doing QAnon for a while was a fucking failed screenwriter and like if you we'll talk about this more in the QAnon episode but if you watch like footage of Ron Watkins the guy who owned 8chan and then 8kun the place where QAnon would would speak and people think that he at one point became QAnon like in the in the doc in the QAnon documentary on HBO like he's just like fucking he's just like there's scenes that you can clearly tell that he asked for it to be like this where he's just like sitting in a room and he's like sitting in like a like a like a like a samurai uh like position with his legs crossed and like a katana in his lap and he's got like a big life-size like fucking anime girl doll like statue next to him and he's like the lighting is all dark and he's just like speaking in this like very like badass movie character way and then it's like cuts to clips of him just out like punching a piece of wood like they're just fucking dorks who are just like trying to like be badasses like it's like that it's like that fucking meme where it's like that the guy who's just like while you were out partying fornicating uh getting drunk i was studying the blade like it's that like these people are just that it's so surreal it's so surreal um it's it's even weirder too cuz he the way that it is the way that it is now being positioned is that sun moon uh moon has has anointed him as the heir to the kingdom three times three times dave oh was it yeah i was i was uh three times three times three times yeah just just, just not once not twice uh, three times i like i like how he said that as if like that meant something to anybody other than him like you would you would say that if you're like oh like uh some some musicians like yeah i uh, i met uh i met elvis presley right before he died and he said i was the new king of rock and roll three times on three separate occasions like that would that might have some meaning to like a lot of people of like oh like that's legit like not only did he say it but he said it three times but you're just like my father the leader of this cult that nobody outside of the cult thinks is anything other than a bullshit scam he 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 said i was his successor three times and like he's now like they refer to him as the second king and they you know he's like my father created a a kingship line and i'm the heir and blah, blah 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 and it's so strange of like the desire to be perceived as greater than is so palpable that it's almost kind of worse. Like if he was just a weird cult leader, it would be sad on one way. But he, him f- forcing all these people to call him second king over and over again is just like so sad and pathetic. Yeah. It's also just it's not a cult and it's not a religion. It is just like he pivoted his cult into trying to turn himself into like a political pundit. Yeah. Um and it's because and especially like the the way that you do that in the modern era is by having a Joe Rogan-esque social platform, right? So what does Sean Moon do? He starts a podcast. Hell yeah. Every every fucking prophet to the to God himself that has inherited the the throne by being 
named as the successor by his father three times, has a podcast. Every 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 holy figure has a podcast. Yeah, let's go to this podcast site. So his podcast is called The King's Report. God, that's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Isn't it great, though? The King's Report. So the opening landing page is a shot of Sean Moon reading a camouflage Bible while wearing a camouflage jumpsuit and a desert digital pattern camouflage hat and earphones that are, you know, to protect his ears while firing guns. And he's about to be handed a gold-plated AR-15. He just has bone up on that on that Jesus prior to practicing murder. So if you scroll down, the first uh, thing is says, watch today's video, and it's an embedded link to a YouTube video. But if you click on that link, it doesn't go anywhere because his channel on YouTube has been uh, removed. Yeah, terminated multiple severe violations of YouTube's policy. Which is delightful that he just keeps that up on his page. Like, you feel like you would... I mean, it kind of makes sense a little bit, though, because it's like these people martyr themselves when they get deplatformed. Because for most people, when they see this, they're like, oh, like he was posting some horrible misinformation and he got, you know, he violated the TOS of YouTube and they took it down. But to these people, they were silenced and censored by the main, like the leftist, the leftist government. So this is like a badge of honor and proof that they're being censored. So good. So if you keep scrolling down, there's a little about section. There's a photo of him posing uh, with his gold-plated AR-15 and then some casual photos of him just hanging out. One where he looks like a normal college student. <laughs> one where he's fishing and one where he's camping. Listen, man, I'm I'm a I'm a gun god, but I'm also just a normal dude. Dude, gun god. I fish at the shore of a beach, which is not how you fish at all. Yeah, what the fuck? He's like standing at the beach. Yeah, he's like he's he's at, he's just at the he's at the shore of the beach. Like you, that's not where you fish. What the shit? I'm like so taken aback by that. I shouldn't be. I mean, it's a fake. It's just a fake thing. They were just like, let's get a shot of you fishing in a way that is not how you fish. And then uh, there's a bunch of YouTube links below that to interviews where he's been on other conspiracy theory sites. Um, oh God, I recognize some of these fucking names. Yeah, we don't need we don't need to watch any of them, but I am. Uh, it's just hilarious that it's here like this. Um, and uh, and then we scroll down and we see that uh, he's written some books. Uh, you know, he's written um, a book called "Our F- Our Father Forsaken: The Abandonment of God of the God of uh, the the Abandonment Oh of the Old and New Testaments." Uh, it, the font is terrible, and it looked like of the did and New Testaments because it looked like DID. Yeah, all all of these like all these self published conspiracy theory books, they all just look the same. The covers, it's so odd. It's like there's one graphic designer who just does all these. But but the reason why it's not one graphic designer, it's just that everybody who does these is not a graphic designer and sucks at it. And, it, and they all they all just look the same. Uh, so basically, you know, I mean, it's it, it. This is kind of what it is, right? Like uh, it's this weird podunk conspiracy circle that he keeps trying to whip up into propel himself into being a a political pundit. Um, I think inarguably the most extreme visual piece of this puzzle is the crown. Um, so let's listen to him talk about wearing the crown. We arrived bleary-eyed before breakfast to a room of people wearing crowns. 
gathered around a podcast live stream of another man in a crown recording in the other room. Pastor Sean is only in his late 30s and studied religion at Harvard. It's all a socialism, communism gospel. Nice Jesus language and biblical language, but really what they're teaching is socialism and worship of the state. Now he's going into the world news. He'll go into uh, what he calls political Satanism, how, how Satan is working in the world to destroy sovereignty, destroy God's kingdom, and then the counter-proposal of how to build God's kingdom. Today, the featured guest was a man named Andrew Hallinan, the owner of Florida Gun Supply, who in 2015 controversially declared his store to be a Muslim-free zone. <laughs> well, it is a crazy time, man. I put a sign outside my door that said Muslim-free zone. Oh. I mean, it went absolutely viral. And I got sued in federal court for, oh, you know, okay. So that's the big yes. problem of gun control is that when you look at the history, You've got registration, which leads to confiscation, which leads to genocide. Every time in history, period. I mean, how, that is such a critical element in understanding firearms. Is it not? I know, hey, everyone's, hey, good morning, good morning. I know everyone's hungry, so I'm going to be super quick. Yes. I love your look. Oh, it's very memorable. Yeah. It's a little wacky, it's a little wacky. Some days it's wacky, but... But you've got to attract <laughs> the attention. Well, you know, yeah, it's a, this is a eBay uh, uh, suit that we got, and it's kind of a fun way to, you know, talk about serious issues. This is on our table, of course. The crowns and, and rod of iron is a real... The two main biblical accoutrements of the citizens of God's kingdom in the Bible. Right. You know, so we have those prominently displayed. But I think one of the key scriptures on God's side is the crown, that's in Revelation 3 and 11. The Bible says, let no man take thy crown. So we see that the faithful who are uh, overcoming with Christ are given crowns of, of sovereignty and royalty. And then we also see that they're given another accoutrement, which is the rod of iron. I think exemplified strongest in Psalm 2 and, and Revelation 2, where it says they will rule with the rod of iron and they will break nations into shivers. So it has tremendous power in the hands of the couriers of Christ to even take down nations. Just laughing, just laughing at bigotry. It's like not even, it's not a joke. It's just like, why, why laugh at that? Like, bro. You know what this is? This is that, that TikTok trend where it's like, bro, I once said feet as a joke, but I don't think it's a joke anymore. But with like anti-governmental crazed radicals who worship guns. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just the same thing. It's what I was saying before. It's like, it, the, like you listen to that when he was like doing that interview with that guy just now with that, in that clip we watched and, and the shitty saying to the interviewer in the Vice documentary. There's no underlying meaning to any of it. It's just a, and you know, don't get me wrong. Cause I, I think, um, you know, hyper religious conservative people do have very deep, um, values and beliefs that everything is tied to. It's not like, I'm not saying that they just don't believe in anything or they're just like nihilistic or something like that. Like they have very deep beliefs. Um, but the way that they go about preaching them or proselytizing them or talking or having conversations about them has no inherent meaning or strategy. It's just, it's just firing off strings of buzzwords that like light up people's emotional centers. They're just having these weird, like fucking like they're the, like conversations and interviews and discussions are just like firework shows. It's just like leftist communism, Marxist, 
and everyone and everyone's just like ooh, but there's no actual like meaning or like there's no like qualification of claims or like actual like rebuttals to things to like, counter arguments or the things that they're saying are bad. It's just like stuff bad, this good. So what you're saying is that I should not acknowledge what you just said and say, let's go to an act break. Everybody. My name is Hilsmer Spachadamon, the Space Hell Demon, and Andrew and Dave are forcing me to- What are you talking about, Hilsmer? Nobody's forcing you to do anything. You literally barged in here in the middle of me recording this promo and insisted that you do it. You said that I sucked at it and you could do it so much better than me. Yeah, exactly. I'm being forced to do it because you suck so much at your job. So anyway, Andrew and Dave are forcing me to get on the microphone today and kind of go over a bunch of the cool, deep cut stuff that's going on right now. So first and foremost, Dave is coming out with a new Pixie Box book which I guess are apparently called comics now, all of a sudden. But uh, yeah, the book is called Everyone is Tulip, and it's coming out June 29th, available in all sh- comic stores and stores in general, I guess. And uh, it's it's written by Dave, and it's drawn by Nicole Gu, and it's colored by Ellie Hall. And it's basically about an aspiring actress who moves to LA to try to make it big, and then she ends up sort of doing these weird experimental performance art YouTube videos and gets mixed in with this sort of identity-shattering underbelly of Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, so that that book is coming out uh, June 29th, and you can actually read the entire thing by going to everyoneistulip.com, where they're releasing the book page by page as a webcomic leading up to the release of it. Also, you can get official Deep Cuts merch by going to deepcutspod.com and clicking on the shop or you can go to bit.ly.com slash deepcutsmerch and you can get t-shirts, you can get hats, you can get coffee mugs, you can get baby onesies. You can also get a Mystery Treehouse Investigation Agency patch that you can put on a backpack or put on your jacket uh, by going to deepcutspod.com and going to the shop or you can actually get that at Dave's shop at heydavebaker.com or you can get it at Andrew's shop at dapricerights.com. You should also follow Deep Cuts on YouTube by searching Deep Cuts, where we are going to be releasing some cool, interesting, long-form video in the coming months. You can follow Deep Cuts on Facebook, where Dave and Andrew put out these, like, reaction videos where they watch old movies and kind of react to them. You can also join the Facebook group, which is a group where a bunch of Deep Cuts listeners go to kind of hang out and talk about episodes or talk about random, interesting subjects. A lot of episodes are kind of born in that group. There's a lot of memes that happen there. It seems like a just a fun place for fucking nerds that like this bullshit would hang out. You can follow Deep Cuts on TikTok at Mystery Treehouse, where they do short form explainers. So if there's an idea that's like not long enough or in depth enough to do like a full episode on, they'll do like three minute explainers on TikTok. You can also check out all the different books and projects that Andrew and Dave are releasing on their websites, dapricerights.com and heydavebaker.com, where they put out comics and books and video projects and anything else they're doing outside the Deep Cuts world, such as Dave's books, Fuck Off Squad and Action Hospital, or Andrew's book, Deadbolt AI Private Eye. And finally, if you go to deepcutspod.com and scroll to the bottom to sign up for the mailing list, you'll receive a semi-regular newsletter called the Mystery Treehouse Investigation Agency Circular, which collects all the news and new content that Andrew and Dave are putting out and kind of puts it in one place, as well as provides some more commentary, and maybe in the future there might be some cool behind-the-scenes info that's going to be released there. There. Are you fucking happy? Once again, Hillsmer, you didn't need to do that. You insisted, and in fact, I would have preferred to do it. Is that the thanks I get? Get out of here. Act 2, 
Thank God there's no laws on print on demand. So let's like this. We're gonna do the same thing we did with the couple episodes ago, where we looked at John Edmonds' self-published book. I love the genre of self-published Amazon distributed books. It's a very specific, bizarre ecosystem that has just mountains of weird shit in it. So this man published this book on January first, twenty eighteen. And he released, it's called, the, the novel or the book is called The Rod of, Rod of Iron Kingdom. And it had a release party at, um, at his brother's gun store. Cause his brother runs a gun manufacturing plant and a, 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 a gun retail outlet. And at the premiere for Rod of Iron Kingdom, uh, the vice, documentary crew goes there and they're like gonna they're filming it all they're like look oh it's look at all these people there's all these people here to purchase the the book bitch those are the cult members like we you interviewed like half these people yeah it's like it's like it's like a ucb show it's like everybody in the audience is just uh, other people from other ucb shows that are required to be there because when you take UCB classes, you have to go to five shows as part of the class. So that's like the whole audience is just other UCB sketch writers. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So the, the cover art for the book is an out of focus gold plated AR 15 with the crown that, uh, Sean Moon wears prominently displayed on it. And underneath that, there's text that reads, Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possessions. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Psalm 2, 8 and 9. You know what's, you know what's interesting about this is that a, a lot of the, when you're, whenever you're, whenever you're talking with, uh, with gun owners about, about like gun laws and gun reform or anything related to guns, you know, they, they, they mention stuff. They, they, they talk a lot, uh, and they seem to believe pretty heavily in these, these ideas of like responsible gun ownership and which, which, you know, is good. If you're going to own a gun, you should be somebody who practices responsible gun ownership. Um, you know, all of, all of the best practices of responsible gun, gun ownership of like securing them properly and not leaving them loaded and the way that you hold your finger on the trigger and just different, the, the, the tenants of, owning a gun that is sort of used a lot as like, you know, this is the way you should own a, a, you know, own a gun. And if you aren't doing this, you aren't a real gun gun owner. You aren't a responsible gun owner. So you like, if there's, it's, it's used as a way of like distancing themselves from people who do horrible things with guns by being like, those are, that's, those are different people. Those are not gun owners. Those aren't, those aren't us, but like, but they'll, they'll, they'll cherry pick that, or it's clearly not something that they actually believe in. It's just a straw man argument they use because then they'll embrace and talk to people like this, even though like, I feel like everything about this church is like irresponsible gun ownership. Like whenever the, the footage of them at in their sermons, like they're just having church and there's just people sitting in the pews, just holding, waving handguns around. Like there's just old people just with handguns, just waving them around in the air. Like they're not like side holster. They're not kept in a, in a, in a holster or even like being held r- the right way where you have your fingers off of the trigger. There's just old men like holding like fucking like giant handguns 
with their finger on the trigger, just waving them around and shit. And then you have like guns just out on tables, just being displayed. Like this cover is just like a, a gold AK 47, just like sitting on a table. Like nothing about the, the way that they treat guns is like responsible gun ownership, but they don't say they, you know, nobody points that out. They're not like, Oh, these people are, you know, they, they embrace it because it's like, you know, it's just, it validates what they want people to, to believe. I, yeah, it's it's so otherworldly that it's, I mean, that's why it's fascinating, right? That's why we're talking about it, because it is so untethered from reality and yet still here. Um, and I love it. I want to join. Can I be a member of the Rod of Iron Church, please? Oh, yes. So the back cover is him with a camo jacket and cargo pants kneeling and firing his gold plated ar-15 and the back cover text reads an excellent uh, apologetic for the second amendment a handbook for dealing with some of the big mistakes people make when talking about the second amendment self-defense and limiting the power of government i would urge people to get a copy that's the back cover oh that's a it's a that's a pull quote right it's a pull quote but they don't have oh my god it's a pull quote, but they don't have it in quotations. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. In, it, yeah. The, the one underneath it is in quotations, but that one's not. Larry Pratt, executive director, Emeritus Gun Owners of America. Wow. I love that. And then below that, the another pull quote, which is in quotation marks, reads, Pastor Hyung Jin Moon is the real deal. Exclamation point. Tom Chief Burke, a founding member of the Green Berets. Delightful. Delightful. Oh, man. This is out in the woods with their fucking camo Jeep and their camo clothes. So the next photo is him and his wife standing in front of a camo AR-15 Jeep with their dog. And there's a quote on the side that says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Luke 10, 27. What does that have to do with standing in the middle of the woods posing? I do not want to read this whole. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to eat. Intro. The the thing about these books, like I I know you said like I love the genre, but the thing the thing about these books cuz I I've, I've tried to read a couple of them. I've tried to read a couple self-published pro QAnon books. They're fucking boring to read. I don't like them. They're boring as fuck. Like you would think that they'd be very entertaining. Like, oh, I'm going to read this book written by this fucking crazy person. It's going to be like, you know, watching a Tommy Wiseau movie or something like that. They're fucking boring because they're, they don't know how to write. Yeah, but that's because you're reading the wrong ones, man. You got to read Laz Rojas, bro. Well, yeah, he does. He do, he's a good writer, though. Like that's that is like that's 90 percent of them are not like that. Yeah. So the rest of the Amazon page, uh, it has six five star reviews. <laughs> six five star reviews. And um, the top reviews listed are um, an excellent, an excellent book on the Second Amendment and how it protects all our freedoms. It places in historical and worldwide context, very succinct and very, but very deep and well cited. I wonder if these were written by cult followers. Uh, the next one also five stars, a very accurate point of view is the title. And the, 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 the text is a very well-written book, an eye-opener, 
explains many reasons for the problems in America today, lets you understand why you have uh, a stolen election and many riots. America is in trouble and people like Sean Moon may be our salvation. Listen, okay, even if America is in trouble for these reasons and this is all right and we genuinely are like, like the, the election was stolen and the fucking radical leftists are trying to like destroy the our country and turn it into a satanic communist dystopia or whatever. Sean Moon is not going to be the salvation. It's not going to be that guy. Yeah, 100%. It's anyone other than Sean Moon. Sorry, guys. Now, would I maybe in the event that there was some like Red, Red Dawn shit that went down, would I maybe prefer to be in their church whenever shit goes down and i'm just surrounded by people who can who can like protect themselves with gun with like a bunch of fucking ak-40 or uh ar-15s sure in that in that extremely unlikely scenario that just a fucking red dawn situation happens out of nowhere and the people who are just like heavily armed are going to be the most likely to be able to like survive then I'll just admit that they're right and I'm going to fucking die because I'm just alone in my house defenseless. But like that's that's not how it's going to go down. Like it's not going to be of just like fucking Russians dropping out of the sky out of nowhere one day. Yeah, the rest of these reviews are just more of the same. It just says great book. Individual sovereignty is our God given right. All right. Guillermo Perez. Man, I can't imagine putting yourself through the torture of reading that book and pretending like you liked it in the way that people pretend like horrible things are good because they're just being contrarian and like trying to prove that it's like you you, you people just pretend like things are good because they like the message they agree with. It's like nobody enjoyed that book. Nobody enjoyed that book. <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of his like loyal fucking followers force themselves to get through it like the people he has to see on a daily basis and even they just like read the beginning and the end and then they were like uh i got it i got i got enough that i can bullshit through a conversation with him so you know they live in terrytown pennsylvania or in newfoundland perry uh newfoundland pennsylvania is where they live and uh why would they choose pennsylvania you might ask well that's because newfoundland pennsylvania has the highest level of veterans and the highest level of guns per capita in the United States. There are more guns than people in the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And much like much like any of these people, he is just a bad faith actor through and through because during that interview that we watched, he was like, you know, they were like, uh, did this have anything to do with the Parkland shootings? And he's like, no, we planned this six months in advance. That that's not true. It had it absolutely was because of the Parkland shootings. And in other interviews or in the Vice documentary, I think he says that he they didn't choose Pennsylvania because of this. And it was a coincidence. That's not true. You're fucking lying. That is absolutely why you moved here. Yeah, 100 percent. So in closing, uh, I guess I would just ask you a couple questions to try and unpack some of this bullshit that is Sean Moon. I, th- I guess the first question is like, what do you think it says about American culture um, that this is here? <laughs> you know, like, what do you, what do you, what do you, do you, do you think it's a reflection on our culture that this guy is doing this here? Yeah. I mean, 
the, there's a couple different things about that. First of all, you know, this is this church has existed for a while, and it's only now, as of a couple of years ago, getting talked about again because of events in in the country. And um, as she sort of mentions in the documentary, which I thought was kind of like a dumb thing, like don't give them ideas. Uh, she was like, you know, the, I feel like you could capitalize on this, you know, with with this very heated, um, high profile discussion and fight and debate that's happening around gun reform and gun laws and gun ownership, you could really like capitalize on this and, you know, score a lot of of uh, new followers just by tapping into this, um, which I think is absolutely right. But like, don't fucking tell them that, like, even even from just a objective journalistic standpoint, don't don't give them ideas. Like, this guy is so dumb that you that might have he might have heard you say that and been like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do I do definitely well, I do definitely think it is as a result of that. However, I think he's like horrible at it and he he has not been good at doing that. Like he's not charismatic enough, he's not savvy enough to have capitalize on this situation to really grow himself. I think he tried to do that, and I think that he tried to come out and be and become this big force in this n- national debate about guns. And people just kind of didn't care because he's just not, he just sucks. He just, he just sucks in every way. Um, he's not as talented as his dad is at having fucking formed a cult, you know, in the eighties, the Moonies. It was like, it was like fucking hundreds of thousands of people. Like there's footage of them having their sermons and shit. It's like, it's like thousands of people in a fucking huge stadium. Like he's, he's, he, he's the, he's the Jacob Dylan to Bob Dylan. Like he's the he's the Paul or Sean Lennon. Yeah, he's the Sean Lennon. He's the Jacob Dylan. He's he's not. I mean, and even one headlight is a good song. Like he doesn't even have one good song. Like he's not even as good as Jacob Dylan. Um, yeah, he's definitely he's he's definitely like the Sean Lennon. Like somebody bought E from a, a a kids book written by Sean Lennon. That shit sucks. It's fucking awful. He's he's that. He's the children's book written by Sean Lennon. <laughs> so I I think he's failed at that. But it's still even if he failed at it, it's still just like emblematic of things. And I and and in the thing that I the thing that I think about it a lot is like, you know, whatever whatever your thoughts are on uh which which way you fall on the idea of gun reform or gun ownership, like I have I have a very clear uh, and specific opinion, but, um, whatever, like, even if you're like, whatever your opinion is, it, do- it doesn't matter. I think this is fairly, it should be in my mind, fairly bipartisan or whatever on this, on this debate. Like, let's say you're just like, you're, you're, you're huge into guns. You love being a, uh, responsible gun owner. You, you really want to have guns in your household and you really believe in personal protection and all these things. It is like in the same way that people become obsessed with politicians and treat them like they're celebrities and like religious figures. Like even if you are really into guns and you really believe in gun ownership, like it is it is objectively insane to like worship them. That that doesn't factor into being a gun owner at all. Like they're two separate things. Like you can you can own guns and believe in gun ownership and not like take it to the level of like I worship them and like make your whole personality about guns like that's fucking crazy. No matter who you are, 
I mean, it should be. I think a lot of people would disagree with that. But like these, like these guys, this guy and these, like these, uh, these, these, these political figures who will like do like zoom calls or whatever. And they'll just like put guns in the background when they're talking on. And they'll just like, like that, uh, Lauren Bobert or whatever her fucking name is. And she just like, she did that. She did that. Uh, she was on the, she went on the news via zoom and she just hurt the background of her, of her camera. She just had like five AR 15s. Like that's fucking insane. Like fine. L- like guns and want to own guns and like fine. Even believe that these school shootings are not because of the lax gun laws and they're because people don't have enough guns and so there's not enough good guys with guns. Like, fine, believe that, whatever. But like to like fucking treat them like this, this like treat them like a like this fucking I don't even know how to describe it. Like, like worship them, tr- like treat them like these weird like status symbols. Like that's fucking insane. It's so bizarre. I mean, you're going to get no pushback from me. Like it's it's. Isn't there actually? I think there actually is a cult that worships guns in Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, it's totally out of a dystopian fucking Mad Max Fallout thing. Like totally. I'm just going to look this up really quick. I'm pretty sure there is a. Because isn't it like the main guy that he's like a villain called the? Oh, he's called the Bullet Farmer, and he works at Gun Town. Wow, he wears a hat made of bullets. This is so Mad Max. Wow. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Sean Moon. He's a fucking Mad Max character. I am, I am a believer that a, uh, you know, I'm a believer in a thing that is fairly controversial. And also, you know, there are aspects of it that are dangerous in the same way that there is for guns. Like I believe that, uh, nuclear energy is a safer, a safer and more replenishable alternative to some of the, you know, fossil and coal based energy, um, that we use for things. It's like very destructive to the environment and, just, you know, just really horrible for everything. And I, and obviously there are a lot of dangers with nuclear energy and there's better, there's better alternatives to nuclear energy that we should develop. But like currently it's kind of like the thing that exists that would be a better, better alternative to coal and, and fossil fuels and things like that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's controversial because some people are really against nuclear energy for a lot of different reasons. And also, obviously, we've seen that it's had very destructive results in the past. You know, the Fukushima disaster, like that it's not just a like no brainer, like you should think this topic. But it would be like if I, with that opinion, if I just like walked around with a Geiger counter and like wore like shirts that were just like nuclear energy and I just like fucking like wore a crown made of fucking isotopes, like, like it would would be fucking crazy. Like you don't, (laughs) yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm selling myself on it as I'm saying, I'm like, wait a minute, why am I not doing this? This sounds fucking awesome. Never mind. I, I get it. Never mind. I get it. I get it. Your crown would be little nuclear missiles. You could have like, uh, the, the, the like bishops would be called Robert, Robert Oppenheimer's, you know, please make way for the 12 Oppenheimer's 12 dudes wearing Robert Oppenheimer face masks walk out. Never mind. I'm, I'm on board. I get it now. Sean, Sean Moon, Sean Moon. We are, we are kindred spirits. I get you. We're on the same page. 
Behold, entering the great temple of the reactor comes King Andrew. Behold, I am Krishna, destroyer of worlds, or Shiva, destroyer of worlds, Papa Pricey. I love all of this. I'm I'm loving every word of this. <laughs> then, then you get up there and you're just like, I am here to show you my power. You raise your hands and it's the stigmata, but it's a it's the nuclear reactor waste toxic symbol that appears in your hand and starts bleeding down your arm. Everyone's like, oh. This is all getting me so excited. Joking aside, that's the problem. Like when you're saying all this stuff, this sounds fucking awesome. But that's why they do it. They do this stuff because it's it's like awesome. Like they're they're like literally they're cosplaying. Like it is kayfabe. Like that's why they're doing it, and that's scary because like what you're saying to me sounds cool, but I would never actually do it because it's ridiculous. Like this is the reason why all these dudes in the early 2000s were wearing fedoras because like they were just like, oh, I want to be like a fucking 1940s dude. And, like, they wore fedoras, and it's like, you don't look like a 1940s dude. You look like a fucking jackass. Like, the idea that you want to look like a 1940s dude, that's not possible. Like, because it's not the 1940s anymore. And also, you're just wearing a fedora. Like, you have, you would have to wear the whole suit or whatever. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, you can't be a cool 1940s dude if you're wearing a fedora and basketball Nike shorts, vans, and a button-up t-shirt that's got fire printed on it. Yeah. Like when I was, when I was younger, I was like, I was, I, I kind of wished I could dress like Squall from Final Fantasy VIII, but it, you would look stupid. Like it, the idea of it might have been cool, but if I actually did it, I would have been, I would have looked ridiculous. And it's the same thing. It's like be just because you think it would be awesome to be a gun priest. That does sound kind of cool, but don't actually actually do it because it's fucking insane. Just because it sounds cool doesn't mean that you should actually do it. I don't know, man. I'm, I mean, this nuclear church sounds pretty cool, dude. I mean, we we're going to start that and you are going to be my my nuke queen. <laughs> <coughs> what was the what was the name of the plane that dropped the bomb on Hiroshima? Was it the Enola Gay? Yeah, the Enola, the Enola Gay. I will only from now on answer to Davy Enola Gay. Yeah, or we could just because the bombs were were uh, were big boy and little boy. So can I be big boy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so all about it. I mean, I guess to really seal this with a kiss, I think I would take that question. And almost make it a, a statement. You know, the, the world is a weird place. There's weird stuff from every culture. And there's a verisimilitude of, of a, corn, a, corny, a cornucopia of bizarre out there. But I think this specific thing could not happen in another country. I think it is in, intrinsically American. You could probably have a cult of guns, but I don't think it would be the same intersection of daytime talk radio weird kind of underlying racism that's garbed in i can't be racist i'm korean yeah also nobody is just calling conservatives and gun owners just racist by default like people don't believe you're racist or a white supremacist unless you say do or like capitulate to racist or white supremacist things like nobody's just like because you're a conservative you are a racist. It's when you say or do racist things or whenever somebody who you're a fan of says or does racist things and you like uh validate it. 
Like that's just a straw man argument. Yeah. And, and so I just don't think that this would happen this way anywhere else on earth. And I think that that is deeply disturbing and also endlessly funny. It, it really is. It's like, if it wasn't scary, it's hilarious. Like they look fucking ridiculous. The priests all wear white and pink robes with bullet crowns. And I, I guarantee you, like, I think, I guarantee you, like, Sean Moon, like, when the Vice um, people, were in the, when the film crew was in there, like, I guarantee you he's, like, loving it and just being like, yeah, they're going to see how fucking awesome I am. I guarantee you that, like, a, a minimum of, like, 70% of his congregation was, like, embarrassed to have cameras filming them doing that shit. I guarantee it. I guarantee that, like, at a minimum of 70% of them are just, like, in the back of their mind, like, ah, oh, I don't want people to see me doing this shit. Like, I don't want to see people, I don't want to see people, people seeing me wearing these, like, this robe and this gun crown and, like, carrying out, like, weird religious artifacts on pillows and shit. And yet, they did it. I mean, yeah, because they, they're in it. Like he, you know, that, that's, that's a cult is whenever you, like, that's literally what a cult is, is whenever you, you do things, even though you know, like deep in the pit of your stomach that it's wrong or weird or off, but your, your leader like convinces you that you need to do it and you, and you do things because you don't want to disappoint them. Yeah. It's so, it's so strange. Like there's a lady in the, do- in the documentary when they ask her about like, oh, what, how do you feel wearing the crown? And she says, um, you know, at first it was, you know, it was, it was, it was hard as, you know, a little self-conscious, but I was a little self-conscious about it. But now, um, it feels good. And even what I, the way I said it just now sounded more sincere than her. I can't even, I can't even emulate it. The part where she says it feels good, she did not mean it at all. She had zero confidence in the part where she got to like, and now I like it. Like the part where she said she felt self-conscious was sincere. And the part where she said, now I like to do it was her just trying to convince herself that that's true. She's like a, she's a lady in her, like in her like early sixties, just living in Pennsylvania. And she feels absurd wearing a crown of bullets. I'm Dave Baker. And I'm Andrew, uh, gun Lord price. No nuke Lord price. I'm the, yeah. This has been Deep Cuts. You can find me uh, on the internet. Uh, HeyDaveBaker.com, XDaveBakerX on every social platform. And uh, please go buy my book, Everyone is Tulip. It's out now in comic book stores everywhere. Andrew, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me in my holy quarters conversing with the the eldritch lord of the radiation receiving his his commands so that I can relay them to my congregation of 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 uh of of uraniums uraniums baby I'm still workshopping that one uh and uh you can also find me at dapricerights.com where you can get my book deadbolt ai private eye um you can uh, get some deep cuts merch some t-shirts some hats some coffee mugs with uh four great deep cuts designs on them by going to deepcutspod.com and clicking on the shop or you can go to just uh, bitly.com slash deep cuts merch um follow us on facebook deep cuts podcast join our facebook group deep cuts podcast facebook group follow us on tiktok at mystery treehouse follow us on instagram at deep at deep cuts pod follow us on youtube deep cuts
Deep Cuts is a production by Boy Genius Media. If you'd like to find this show and others like it, please visit boygeniusmedia.com or deepcutspod.com. If you want to join in on post-episode discussions, please join the Deep Cuts Podcast Facebook group. Finally, subscribe to our YouTube channel for additional video content. The incidental music for this episode was created by the Dead Boy Detectives.